0: Welcome to the Hockey Town West Podcast, here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook.
1: What's up, buddy? Happy... What day is it today? Oh, man. Tuesday. Holy Tuesday? Tuesday. Oh, smokes. Week's already a blur and it just started. Yeah, you lost a few days. I, I did. I lost a few days and I'm, I am feel like I'm losing more days right now. I caught whatever plague bug is going around and, uh, yeah. It's not fun, no, not I'm fun staying. at all. But we're gonna power through this.
0: Yeah, stay away from me. So you had to deal with a, we had to deal with a death first, right? We did. Yeah, the lion season.
1: Oh,
0: uh, we spent all the... approach
1: it like that. That's, <laughs> that's a dark way to bring that up.
0: Uh, uh, season's
1: over. Season's I mean,
0: typi- over. You typically, we record on Sundays, but we waited for the game, and uh, yeah, not great. And then Monday we were kind of still sad about it, which I think the whole state was. I think the whole state needed the day, uh, bereavement leave. I mean,
1: I I totally totally agree with that. But we, that's not the reason we didn't record Monday. It's you know you got stuck at work late, and I was still working late too. So we just uh, it worked out for us both. We needed a day to bereave for the alliance, but also we had to work. So they didn't really get, we didn't really get that out of our system. <laughs> yeah. It is sad. It's sad, but like what a season, man. What a season. A season I never thought I'd see in my lifetime.
0: Well, get ready for next season, buddy, because I think we run it right back and right through them. So
1: I seeing Ben Johnson announce that he's staying, uh, man, that hit me right in the field today. I was like, Yep, this is this is great. Aaron Glenn does the same thing and they get a good secondary going. Uh, this team's gonna be an absolute wagon next season. So
0: And that kicker. Fun that kicker from iowa that i sent you 63 yard bombers
1: (laughs) it's not about not trusting the kicker people have got that narrative so wrong so wrong (laughs) like i I said you you sent me one statistic the next morning and you're like yeah they statistically should have kicked it and then i pointed out their statistics as a team and uh no
0: no 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 don't don't get that twisted no 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 don't get that twisted that is not what I meant when I sent that. One, I said that to you, but I didn't mean to send it to you. I was, I was trying to send it to my other buddy. And I was like, why didn't he reply back yet? Oh, because I said to Brandon and Heather for some reason. <laughs> no. But the the statistics were split on it one way or another uh, fourth and two and fourth and two uh, to kick it or to um, go for it. And uh, the stat that I saw later on was Bagley was like terrible from long distance. So. Um it was actually better for them to go for it. And I was all for them going for it. I think that game came down to three plays. The missed interception, uh, the 50 yard bomber from to Brandon Ayuk, and then uh the fumble, and then I can't remember what the other that the other play the was three drop passes. Yeah, the fourth <laughs> and two from Ja. I think it was Josh Reynolds. So I think those three plays, the the 50 yarder for sure, that was the that was the starting point. But um You know, you got to, you got to, it was a great season. I think we'll be back next year. And we were, you 49ers have been experienced for years. They've they've been here. They've done it. They've won a Super Bowl. Like the lions just got here with three rookies that ran their offense. Like, I I think that's huge. So I, I think we got to where we were supposed to hit for this season. I think next season we go, we go one more and they, they released the colors for next year. I don't know if you saw this.
1: I didn't see it yet. No,
0: they're blue and yellow.
1: What? Oh, the over oh, for the Super Bowl colors?
0: Yeah, nice. So that's, that's a Michigan Super Bowl all the way there, baby. <laughs> so uh, somebody was trying to say the Bengals, Lions and Bengals, the Lions and the Chargers. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe it's Yeah. Oh, that'd be kind of cool for Jim.
1: Be cool for Jim. But anyways, hey, Jim. enough about football. We are we are the Hockey Town West podcast, not not the Football West podcast. And I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm Nick. And we have a, a fun weekend to unpack for the Grand Rapids Griffins, actually. This was this was a wild one. We got a game on Friday to talk about where we had a new teammate for the boys and then a brand new team as a whole on Saturday. Uh, so Yeah, let's get toasted. Let's get let's toasted. Into, let's get toast. ah, I feel toasted. I'm fucking. Like <laughs> me. But, no, let's jump into Friday here. So, uh, we woke up, or we thought... You know, on Thursday, we had heard some rumblings of uh, a Ville Huso reassignment to Grand Rapids for conditioning. And the question mark around everything was, okay, if that happens, what game does he play? Does he play Friday? Does he play Saturday? And he was sent down on Thursday and got to play Friday. He started for the boys, and it's a shutout in his first game since, what, December 18th, I think it was?
0: Something like that. So,
1: I mean... Right there, that was already a plus to the night outside of just cutting out the Belleville Senators, you know, with the Red Wings and Senators uh, rivalry that's come out now. Anytime we beat the farm team, it feels even better. But shut shutout, man. He, I thought he looked
0: good. He looked really good. He was tracking the puck well. Uh, they didn't give him a whole lot of work to do either, which was good uh, for his first game back. So, I mean, do we see yeah. the return of Pevely Huso that we all expect?
1: I would have liked to see him get tested a little bit more in it, but I think he got the minutes he needed to in that game. I mean, you know me that night on our Twitter page, just going back and forth with a few Huso haters, and I'm not not—I'm not a Huso hater. I'm a big Huso guy. I think if we get mid-last season form Huso back where we don't have to ride him like they're currently riding Alex Lyon, uh, if we can get that and keep Alex Lyon playing the way he is, that's a huge positive for the, or the Red Wings. Huge positive.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh. I think, I think Huso. I mean, Huso's going to be your starter. And then you have Lion. I, Lion's taken over. He's been able to steal games. But I, they signed Billy to be the starter. They signed Lion to be the backup. Now, can Lion overtake him? Yeah, he definitely has the last, the last, this whole month. I mean, since Billy's had his kid, he's, uh, hasn't been strong. But injury, kid, he's been out. So I'm hoping he comes back to form.
1: I mean, yeah. As it stands right now, that net is Lions. Huso has to earn that back, and I don't think Lolo is just going to let Huso walk in and take it back either. That's not how this is going to go.
0: Yeah, hopefully, There's no uh, way. Reimer's the one sent on the bench or getting traded at the at the deadline. That would be extremely ideal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just want a situation like last year where uh, we get a guy on waivers who we think is just here for a minute, and then all of a sudden he ends up being here. I don't. I don't want rhymer in Grand Rapids. I like our goalie room right now. I think our goalie room is set the way it needs to be.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, well, maybe not after Saturday, but um, hey. <laughs> um, but who would have thought out of the three goalies up in Detroit that Huso was going to be the first one down here this season? <laughs> we all had Lion pegged as the starter here in Grand Rapids and then uh, Kosa backing him up. And then Lion's been on this hot streak. We haven't seen Reimer down and uh, Huso was actually the first one to move. So since goalie's been able to move freely now.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was nice. I mean, I'm glad we got to see who'so for a game. It was fun. I had a lot of fun with that game. Uh we were sitting in a little bit different spot, which we were unsure of at first, but it gave us a really good view of the ice overall. Uh watching plays develop and everything like that. So I did appreciate that and just kind of being able to focus in on who's watching him. Like you said, he was tracking the puck well. He was he was playing he was playing his, his usual self. I didn't see anything out of the ordinary where I was like, oh, there there's that that I remembered, you know, a couple months ago. I didn't see any of that. I just saw vintage huso and it was all good. But enough of the Detroit Red Wings goaltender now is he's already sent back. He only got that one game and they sent him right back. He was back at practice the next morning. Um, which is wild to me. That's I hate that drive more than anybody else, and well, maybe not you, but to think of playing a full game, driving back and going to practice, like the professional athlete life, life, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, but outside of that, in this game, man, a shout-out for the Griffins. It, what a what a game from the defense and what a game from the offense to play extremely defensively sound. Like you know, we said we wish Huso was tested more. He did face twenty five shots, eight in the first from Belleville, nine in the second, and eight in the third. And Grant Abbott's only put up three or twenty three shots total. So overall, is defensively they did play very very good. A lot of the guys stepped up and played. Really big way, I think, for the team. And you know, again, we saw the power play again contribute one for five, and the penalty kill a perfect three for three. So, I I don't even know who to focus in on here because on I want to get to Saturday so badly, but two, uh, you know, everybody, I think, just the whole team played extremely well.
0: I think we're seeing a lot of like the same thing as Detroit is. I mean, they're on like similar stretches right now. Play too, but they're both teams have really focused on defense and playing a defensively sound game, and. Like this game was scoreless for the first two periods. Yeah. Which I'm like, this is weird. Like usually we're starting out fast. We're starting out good. And it, it took a while for us to get going on this uh, in this game.
1: So I'm so glad you said that. Because one of the things that we've talked about for the past couple games, you know, the three games up to this, the Griffins had to come back in the third to win a game. And they just started terribly. Now, did they start fantastic in this game? No, they started a little slow. So but the start was much better. The start is much better than we've seen recently. And I think that contributes to, you know, Dan Watson saying that they were going to really focus on that this week, focus on their starts, focus on, on how their play is going to look in the first and second. And I think in this game, really kind of set that tone for they're on the right track for what they needed to improve on. And they, they did a good job on that. But again, the scoring didn't come to the third. And after this game, the crazy stat was I think it was after the last like four games, the Griffins had outscored their opponent 12 to nothing in the third period, which. It's just an insane stat right there. Like these boys know how to lock down a game and play in the third period. It's crazy.
0: Well, it's good too. I mean, they're either they're coming back or they're finishing them off in that third. I mean, lately it's been, they're coming back. Uh <laughs> before that, they were, they were closing it. They were finishing it off, um, you know, putting that final nail in the coffin there in the third. So it's, it's interesting to see the kind of the Jekyll and Hyde we see <laughs> with this team, but it's made it for fun. It's, Made a fun game to watch lately.
1: Yeah, it really has. And I mean, like I said, it's hard to pick out certain players, but I did my best to try to talk about a couple key guys that we talk about quite a bit on here. Uh, Some good, some positive that we usually talk to them about. But let's just start with Elmer Soderblom. An assist, a plus one in this game. And this was a game we got to mention too. Steve Eiserman was in the building. He was there watching Philly. So I think a few guys had a little bit of extra pep in their step in this game once the third period especially hit. But I thought through all three periods that Elmer played one of the most sound games and most aggressive games. I think I've seen him play as a Griffin this year.
0: Yeah, I would have to, I mean, I, they, they know Steve watches these games at home, but I think there was a different energy in the arena, not only with him, Huso there, but like Steve Eisen was in the building. They're watching him. Like I felt like Elmer gave more effort tonight than he had in a lot of the games prior uh, just, you know, more recently, you know, he, got the assist. He was throwing the body, making good plays that there really wasn't anything that negative that I could like that we could see out of him, you know, uh, every once in a while, you know, like every remember in the beginning of the season, he was doing those trick plays, trying to do that do that do that. And then like, it wouldn't work. <laughs> like he wasn't trying that. He wasn't trying to be fancy. He was just trying to make the right play at the right time and, uh, provide the offense.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I loved his gameplay in this one. I hope I hope to see more of it. And spoiler, spoiler alert, we saw uh, a lot more of it on Saturday night, but we'll get there. The next guy, I mean, how do you not talk about him? You know, three-point night, Mr. Mr. Berge, Mr. Jonathan Berger, just absolutely tore it up in this game. He scored the first goal of the game, had an assist on the second goal that was on the power play, and, of course, got the empty netter to close out the game. I mean, he was involved in all three goals in a game where you come into the third period scoreless. He really was providing that spark for this team.
0: Yeah, but I don't know what bergie has been eating lately or drinking before the games, but he is like since he's came back from Detroit, he's just been on a freaking tear. Uh, he's having more fun as well. I mean, we'll get to that in Saturday's game, but uh, he like he he doesn't look like he's playing pissed off hockey. You know, he I think he understands what the plan and place is for him and he's going out there having fun. I mean, it's going to benefit him one way or another, even if he's getting pulled up to Detroit this season or wait until the start of next season. Like he's having fun with where he's at right now, which is huge. Like he's, he's been celebrating his goals. He's getting, yeah, which he wasn't for a while there. No, he was just ticked. So and it's good to see him in a good mood, scoring goals, being happy. Like I'm sure he's going to enjoy this, uh, this stretch of this break that's coming up for him too. Uh, with all those games that he played between the two clubs.
1: He doesn't really get a break, though. you know. He's, he's he's going to the All-Star game, so he doesn't really get a break. He gets a little vacation. I mean, it's a little vacation. It is out in San Jose. It's out in California. You know him and Simon are going to go relax a little bit. But, yeah, he, and, and well-deserved well to both of them. They definitely should. And, yeah, his game on Friday night, man, again, two goals, one assist, plus two, four shots on goal, and two penalty minutes in there, too. He was everywhere. He was doing everything on the ice, everything he needed to to get the team a win, and he did. Not saying there's no I there's no I IN team. He didn't do it all by himself, but dang, he was a big part of it.
0: Well, I mean you take out his two yeah. You know, <laughs> um
1: Carter Maser. <laughs> goal and an assist in that game, plus one as well. Another, another good game for Carter there. That that second goal on the power play there was uh it was weird. He kind of banked it off the defensive stick as the guy went to lay down a stick to block a pass, and he just fired it at the stick with enough force that it deflected right into the net. Uh we thought it was Gettinger's goal at first, but oh, yeah. it was not. But, you know, that was a greasy little goal, and that's the thing that we need to see Carter doing, you know, finding ways to make magic happen close up to the net like that, especially on the power play, and he was doing it. He got to the right spot and made something happen. But overall, in the entire game, you know, I wouldn't say he's playing pissed off hockey, but at the same time, he's he's played with a little bit of an edge Friday night. He definitely uh, was trying to get under Belleville's skin a little bit and succeeded quite a few times. And I, overall, just I thought he played really well.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's huge for Carter because if he's showing up on the stat sheet, he's getting that momentum. He's going to start going on a little bit of a tear. It's going to continue. He's going to build momentum. And so he did. He was off on a small. I can't remember his last game that he had a point in, but it wasn't too long ago. So, I mean, he's so, I mean, continue to build that momentum and not going on a cold streak is important, too.
1: Yeah, we can't have him get cold there for for sure. We don't want that. You know, for a minute there, it felt like he did. You know, he got really hot, and then you know we didn't really hear too much from him. Not that he was in a cold streak by any means, but his his points were really like secondary assists or maybe the primary assists. We weren't seeing a lot of scoring from him in that aspect. But you know, he's starting to heat up again a little bit, which is good, and he's doing all the right things himself. So I, li- I like where he's at, and I like the game he played on Friday night.
0: And if you just, he's just putting pucks to the net. I mean, it got deflected off of the defenseman's stick, but he still went in. So, I mean, it's, that I think gives him a little bit of confidence there, too. Of just shoot, see what happens, you know. It might hit the net, and it might hit somebody else and then go to the net. You know, you got to at least shoot it. Yeah.
1: and I mean, with this game, too, it really felt like, you know, you could feel you could feel the the frustration growing on the Belleville side, you could feel the tensions starting to form between these two teams. And I know about the time, the end of this game, it was getting quite chippy. And I think you and I both knew what Saturday night could potentially be between these two teams. Cause we've seen what Belleville does before. I mean, look just a week prior to this, you know, they get beat by Laval and go take it out on Laval's goalie at the end of the game. So foreshadowing here, but this game definitely set up a pissed off Belleville for Saturday night. And, you know, for the Griffins to come in and, Not that Belleville is the best team in the league by any means, but to shut them down like this and get them that pissed off, like it's hard to win any game in this league. We've said it before and we'll say it again. It's hard to win games in the AHL, no matter what team you're playing against, unless maybe you're playing against Manitoba, but look, we needed two comeback wins against them even. So to do what they did, I think the boys knew right there that this, they found their identity a little bit, play with a little bit of an edge, get the team a little pissed off. They just got to figure out how to start better. And that's something that I'm, we're going to be keeping a close eye on going forward. Is we need the starts to be better. I know Saturday, like we said, that there was a better start, but they got out of hand. Like this, the first and second period play of this team has got to get better to go make a run for it. We know the third, we know they can play in the third, but it doesn't matter what's going on. They're going to find ways to win in the third. You just got to figure out why they're not starting so well. And I, I, if I'm a coach, I'm scratching my head too. You look at the way they do play in the third, you're like, why the hell can't you do this for the first two periods? What's going on?
0: I I think the first hasn't been the problem. I think it's more the second is where we kind of we kind of take a dip. I mean, I, I'll look more into the stats too on it, but um Oh no,
1: the first are atrocious. Like they're bad. Like the mm-hmm. this is coming off the stretch of the f- couple first periods where you know we barely scratched 6-7 goals in those periods or 6-7 shots in those periods. <laughs> 6-7 first... goals. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great.
0: Dang, I'm I wish that was a here. problem. <laughs> right.
1: But, you know, I mean, think of that one Rockford game where what, we had three shots on goal at the end of the first or whatever. And that was really what screwed us up. We, that's where our bad starts really started was that one Rockford game. And then it kind of snowballed into the next four or five games. So I don't know. It's hard to pinpoint when you watch it. You can't you don't really understand it. You're like you see the efforts there. Is it just not finishing in their effort? Is it not finishing their checks? Is it not finishing their moves? Is it getting too cute? I don't know.
0: We only gave Belleville like I'm counting it, seven, eight, eight high quality shots right in the right in the face off, like right in the goal crease. Um, I mean, who's doing what he was supposed to do? Come in. Stop it. I mean, I, I, th- I thought it was a good game and yeah. we didn't get bullied. That was the other important thing I was thinking of, too, because last time Belleville's bullied us, the league kind of caught on to what will what will derail us and it's being bullied. And they didn't they weren't able to do it. They didn't do it, and we were able to, you know, play our game and still end up getting the win. So I thought I thought that was important.
1: Yeah, I mean the Griffins definitely have figured out how to approach a bullying team. You know, it's kind of let them push you around a little bit, but don't make that extra little punch at the end to get back at them. Let them walk themselves into a penalty. I and mean, I mean, Grant Evans had five power play opportunities in this game. They definitely walked themselves into quite a bit. You know, tripping, cross checking, holding, holding, and a delay of game at the end of the game there that ended up being the game uh, that's the power play we had the goal on. So that may let them make the stupid mistakes. Don't make them on your own, but also at the same time, don't get completely walked over, which we'll talk about soon. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. When we cover the, uh, our favorite new team.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, anything else you want to add for Friday night, sir?
0: No, I, I mean, I was excited. It was a good game and, and the energy was good too. A little different perspective from where we sat, but yeah, I, I was happy with the result. I, I was hoping to see that, especially with the Billy, like Billy coming back in his first game, getting a shout out. Like, that's huge for him. So, good to see.
1: Yeah. If anything, that's a big confidence booster for him after the stretch he went through in Detroit. So, I mean, automatically right there, that's a win in itself outside of the three nothing win. And yeah, the energy was good that night 8,296 people in the crowd almost to sell out that night. And it was loud. It was fun. People were having a good time. We only got one good Jared Goff chant in this one. Uh, they definitely carried over into Saturday night. But yeah, a, a real a really just good team game for the guys and you could even see in the post game interviews afterwards it was it, they were all in a good mood about it. Everyone was happy and on to Saturday night, I guess, right?
0: On to Saturday. But so, first oh.
1: you need to go read an ad. We got oh. we have obligations to meet, so you need to go read an ad, sir.
0: Yeah, it's a new one this week, so tune in.
1: Uh, oh god, that's terrifying for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into $200 instantly in bonus bets. Currently, the Kansas City Chiefs' money line is plus 105 so if you bet $5, you could win $10.25. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. P.N. The crowd is yours. Prom. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help available you go know for prom gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Bill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. White in Ontario. Bonus bed six by 168 hours after issuance cdkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources
1: and we're back good job on that ad read sir i haven't heard it yet but i'm gonna assume it's wonderful
0: i haven't even read it yet so i'm excited oh, for God. you to hear it <laughs> well, I set the
1: expectations like here for it oh, so those watching on youtube might be questioning where did a blue hockey jersey come from Even though it's kind of hard to see but we had a new team in grand Rapids on a saturday night it was a or good time
0: the one <laughs> dude for real
1: um but yeah the griffins became the flying toasters which made the most confusing crowd chants i've ever been a part of who do you chant for the griffins or the toasters
0: oh the toasters for... or jared goff like who do you <laughs> or, or jared goff you know that's
1: what was there like six in that game yeah it was still
0: going to <laughs> two so
1: uh, credit to the Griffins. They went all in on this promotion here. So for those that don't know who the backstory is, they pulled or back when the team was founded, they had a community engagement effort to get name suggestions for the team. And one of the suggestions was the Grand Rapids Flying Toasters. So it's this theme night was what could have been night, which when they originally announced all the theme nights, we were like, what the heck is this night going to be? And they went all in. The jerseys, which are – they grew on me so quickly. They're absolutely sick. They're, I mean, they're going to be obviously one of a kind. We won't see this again. But the way they did the colors, the design, the logo for it, fantastic. The name on the boards – the, or the scoreboard for the team was the toasters. All the graphics around the arena were updated as toasters. Eric Zane, the PA announcer, did his best to call them the toasters all night. He only up, like, twice. I mean, imagine going, like, your whole PA career in this arena, calling them the Griffins, and all of a sudden one night you go, hey, they're now the toasters. Don't screw this up. He did a good job, but the, good I, job. overall, man, the team did a fantastic job and they did those giveaway jerseys at the door too, which the quality of those shocked the crap out
0: of us. Yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, I was glad to see that it was a giveaway, like a full giveaway for those. So that way you, at least you had some crowd support showing the colors. Like that was my okay. thing on it. So, cause there was a lot, they, they had a lot of them. Uh, there was a lot of blue yeah. in attendance. So at least from my seat, I can see a lot.
1: Well, the blue is also close enough to a Lions blue, too. So, you know, we couldn't really tell if uh, there was a Lions jersey or a toaster jersey from afar. There was quite a few Lions jerseys, too. But, yeah, this was probably one of my favorite promotions they've done in a long time, just because of how everything kind of came together as a whole. Like It just felt like that night the team was truly the flying toasters. Came together like a PB&J sandwich. He warned me he has a lot of these uh, lined up here. So we'll see how this goes, (laughs) folks. I apologize in advance. but. (laughs) On top of this being the toaster night, which again, a sellout crowd, which we don't see much of this season so far, which is really nice to see on top of this though. We had probably one of the craziest games we've been to all season unfold right in front of us. This was a wild one. I don't even know how to unpack this one. There's so much to talk about.
0: Yeah. This, I mean, and we had Weed wheel podcast night there too. So, I mean, not only was flag toasters, but we had, weed will, um, going on at the same time. So yeah, huge crowd, huge sellout crowd. Um, and it started really odd, to be honest. It um, started great. <laughs> so, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah,
1: <go ahead. laughs> I mean, all things considered, you know, we talked, just talked in the last half of the episode you know, about the Griffins struggling to start. Well, four minutes, 43 seconds of this game, William Volinder, out of all people, gets down low, gets a shot on net and buries it we've been saying for the last couple of episodes this kid needs to get down closer to the net he's got a wicked shot let's see what he can do there and the first one first opportunity we've seen him have in a while down there uh he took it and god what a beauty that was he was so happy after that one too i've never seen that kid smile that big
0: i was stoked i wore his jersey that night too so i gave him a little bump
1: <laughs> there you go
0: there you go the jersey bump the jersey uh,
1: bump and not so long after that you know At 14 minutes in the period, Albert Johansson gets probably the nastiest backhand goal I've ever seen a defenseman score in my life. It was disgusting. takes it in on his own, on the backhand the whole time, and he just roofs it. I think he shocked himself on that one. I don't think he knew he had that in him. I didn't know he had that in him.
0: Hey, get shots to the net. That's all we're asking for. I love to see it. Two defensemen come out and score the first period. (laughs) I'm like, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> and they weren't from the blue line. They were up close, like they were close yeah. shots. Uh, it seemed like when they came up on that end, because they both scored from about the same area on the ice. Um, if I remember, yeah, because we sat, we sat in a different spot that night too. Um, but they both came up on that left side and rif- rifled it over the uh, the goalie. So yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful that was...
1: It was a great start. Like we said, they've struggled starting. And then after the first period, they led two nothing. And at that point you're thinking, wow, you know, we have five periods in a row or sorry, four periods in a row of shutouts here or shutout hockey against this Belleville team. This is great. This is going to carry through the whole game. And then two minutes, 57 seconds into the second Specia gets a goal. We're up three, nothing. We're like, all right, the vibes are incredible. Now we are, we're feeling good. Things are, things are going great. And then, oh my God, does it go downhill so fast?
0: Oh, I I looked at you and I was like, this is where it's going to fall apart right here. I was like this. I could tell that I think there was a timeout and there was a whole new Belleville team out there. They just came out faster. They wanted it more. They started competing. They were throwing the body and they were getting shots on net. Like it was it was bad.
1: Well, Elmer took a hooking call. Uh, and it was the softest hook I've ever seen in my life. I've, I I remember putting that one on Twitter there, just looking at that, going, "Where was the hook? I don't see it at all." And that penalty, that power play, for some reason, all the momentum swung right there, because on that one, Crookshank was able to convert on it and get Belleville's first goal. But then, literally two minutes later, they get on the board again, and a few minutes later, they get on the board again, and then right at the end of the period, Crookshank gets on the board again, and all of a sudden, they've got a four to three lead coming out of the second period and Hutch absolutely who, by the way, got the start this one. Hutch had probably one of the worst periods of hockey. I think we've seen him play this whole time. He played two full periods. He had 11 saves on 15 shots. This was not a good game for him. And that was, I, I had no words at the end of that one. The air sucked out of that arena. It was, it was weird.
0: It got crazy. And I told you in the first period I was watching Hutch. I'm like, he looks shaky as heck tonight. And then we all thought Koso was going to start. Uh, we figured that would be the rotation. Uh, Dan Watson said at the the event that Billy kind of threw off the rotation a little bit coming down. But we thought Kosa would still get to start with everybody in the building. They put Hutch in. i like, he looks shaky, like, in the first period. And he looked shaky again in the second. And that's that was his last period of, of hockey for the night. So um, not great. The building, yeah, the energy was just gone. It was completely, everybody was like, what just happened to our 3-0 lead? Now we're down one goal.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't just Hutchins' fault for sure. The team really just, they got outworked in that period. Like Belleville all of a sudden looked like a brand new hockey team. And they were, the puck movement was fantastic. They were able to dominate possession in the zone very well. And I, I just was dumbfounded. I couldn't believe it. The momentum that we had coming out of that first period and to get a goal early in the second like that, just for it to all fall apart that fast, it felt, it felt wrong. It was really weird. And then, what, second intermission, we, we got up, went and did our, our little meet and greet real quick with uh, the Wing Wheel guys, got the family photo taken with all the Wings fan, wings and Griffins fans. You know, that was fun. We come back and we're sitting down right as the period's starting, and we look over and Coach is in that. And all felt right in the world suddenly.
0: <laughs> yeah so
1: That's how the game should have started. Let's be real here. Uh, he came into this dumpster fire all of a sudden and played lights out it was absolutely incredible and in the process of all that happening too austin Zarnick, five minutes into the period gets a power play goal gets the game tied and then my favorite goal of the night even over the Johansson goal elmer Soderblom gets the boys the lead he was so hungry coming into the zone for this puck he was fighting for it pushing guys off of it being able to establish that presence in the zone the griffins could establish where they wanted to be at start setting up and Elmer, at one point, calls for it, taps, t- taps, taps his stick on the ice repeatedly, and I'm like, get it to him. Get it. And they got it to him, and he buried it. And I've never seen a photo after a goal with a bigger smile on his face than that one right there. That kid was pumped. And he should be. Like we said, he's been playing really good hockey, and for him to find the back of the net on that one there, on a play that really started off with him just being extremely dominant, that one right there, I was like, all right, the boys got this. We've got this win in the back then all hell breaks loose oh boy so casper gets the puck in behind the net and at this point Bellville's net is empty gotta preface with that casper fighting off people behind the net to maintain possession killing the clock this is the second time in the game he did this he did this on a pk once and he's doing this when the net's empty really aggressive play style from him we'll talk more about him in a second Bergie comes back in behind the net picks up the puck Banks it off of a Belleville guy in the front and gets it in the empty net. And Bergie hardcore celebrates this empty netter. Like, normally you see an empty netter and they don't celebrate it too much. He goes for it.
0: He was fighting. He- there was a fight. Him and somebody else on uh, Belleville were screaming at each other in the third period. So I, I think it was more of like he was rubbing it in their faces of, hey, we just won. You guys are done. Like, <laughs> the game was You over. know who that was, right? Was it Angus? No, it was Donovan. Oh. <laughs> It was the
1: second time in the game that Bergie and Donovan got into it with each other.
0: Oh man, I
1: wonder <laughs> it happened after the Volander goal or uh Serengo took a SWAT at Bergie, And Bergie said some things in Swedish that we can't repeat. And then because it happened again happen. in the middle of in the middle of play. And I don't I don't know what Bergie, if you could see that one, he was fired up. He was pissed. So yeah, him getting that empty letter in there and the way he got it into Belleville was not pleased. So we're enjoying the celebration and everything. And the boys start skating off to center ice and somebody on Belleville. I think it was Larson comes in and starts taking swats at Bergie at center ice. And this is where it gets crazy. Didier comes in, pulls the guy off as Didier does. Didier such a good captain, man. My God, just watch the way he stands up for these kids. He's so underappreciated on this team as a leader, but he comes in there and then this is where the chaos unfolds to the point where we see our boy, Simon Edmondson, Drop a glove, not both gloves. He didn't drop the gloves. He dropped a glove. <laughs> finally, for the first time, it happened, and it was against the good old Angus Crookshank. So, there's this whole scrum that happens, and I'll lead into how this fight unfolds. The scrum happens. Some guys are kind of paired off with each other. Some guys are rotating. Crookshank gets out of his scrum, sees one of the red helmets on the ice, and fires it down into the corner. And that right there. Nope, Simon was not a fan. and immediately left his guy and goes to Angus and starts holding on to him. Crookshank drops his gloves immediately and tries to throw a couple punches at Simon. And Simon, everybody who's watched Simon Evans and play knows what he does here. He holds on to the guy, holds him at a distance because he's a giant. You can keep Angus Crookshank, who's what, 5'10", 5'11"? 5'11".
0: I just looked it up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> holds him at a distance, but Angus still, at that point, tries to throw a couple punches. And you see him connect one to, like, Simon's stomach, and you just see Simon kind of chuckle. He does it again, and you see that look on Simon's face. It's kind of one of those, one more time. He does it one more time, and immediately you just see Simon, no more smile, flings that one glove off and gets two really good right hands into Crookshank's head and then wrestles him down to the ice because he do not think he wanted to do any more damage at that point there. And I've never seen that arena get that amped in my life, except for, you know, during some playoff games. That place was rocking when he knocked him down. And, of course, Angus got up and tried to skate off. The whole time, Simon's jawing at him, that big old psychotic smile. He's got on his face the entire time. And I didn't see this because we were trying to watch at this point because Mandalay's and Kosa were also near center ice, and we thought we were about to see a goalie fight. But as Simon skates off the ice, he finally flings that other glove that was still on his hand off into the corner before he gets off the bench and does one of the come on to the crowd as he's getting off. He was amped.
0: It was. uh, it was nuts. I I mean, what an ending for because that I mean, you're at the empty net situation. So I think there was only like 10, 11 seconds left. and one for us to come back and win, <laughs> we should we should, have, we should have had to come back and win. Seiko right. to get not let a goal in. And then Simon and Bergie both involved in like fights, but Simon at the majority. And you would think like Angus Kirkshakes five five at the the height disadvantage between him and Simon was just insane. I'm like, he's 5'11". Simon's only like what 6'3? So he's not. Oh, no, he's like 6'4, 6'5. Well, 6'4, 6'5. Okay. So I'm like, that's yeah. He's a huge dude. But yeah. just to finally see him like not do the the cider thing of just like letting the guy hang on you and like yank you around. Like, Simon just turned around and was like, All right, here's two good ones to pay you back. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take you down quick. So um, fantastic. I know it's after the whistle, it's not something waddy likes to see, but Uh, The fans loved it, and they wanted to see it.
1: (laughs) And see, that's the crazy, like you say, you know, Waddy doesn't like to see those activities normally. And the Griffins did a really good job keeping their composure there. I mean, I run through the penalties here. Crookshank got five for fighting. Larson got 22 minutes. You mean the toasters? Sorry, the toasters. Larson got 22 minutes penalties. Crookshank got five. Sokolov got 12 minutes there. And the Griffins come out of this whole ordeal with Didier 2 for roughing, Simon 2 for roughing, and Simon 5 for fighting. There was clearly an instigating team in this whole scenario, and the referees knew it was not Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids did everything they needed to do to protect themselves, but didn't do anything to egg it on and make it worse. If Mandalays would have kept skating at Kosa, Kosa would have done what he had to do.
0: I would have loved to see it. Oh my oh, god.
1: god. <laughs> Mandalay' is smart enough to know that that kid is an athletic freak. He would have absolutely crushed him into the ground. There's no way he wouldn't have. And
0: that would The have crazy been- part is that that would have just rose expectations for tomorrow's game with Ottawa.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, it would have been nuts. And the crazy part, too, is you look at Ottawa's penalties there. So Crookshank obviously got five for fighting. Larson was two for unsportsmanlike, ten for unsportsmanlike abusive officials, and a game misconduct for abusive officials. And then Sokolov also was unsportsmanlike as well. I think he's the one. i got to look at the numbers here on the side of my screen. No, it was Larson that went in and attacked Berge right away. It wasn't Sokolov. So it was Larson. So, it it was wild, man. I, I don't know. I don't. I know you don't watch the post game interviews too often, but I know you sent us the clip from the wing wheel guys sharing it. But Simon, in the middle of his interview after the game, they're talking about it, and Bergie's in the background chanting "Rocky, Rocky." Like again, the boys are having fun right now, and it sucks that it, it had to end like that. Like Belleville, that's exactly kind of what we expected them to come in and be like. That's just the mentality that's carried in that organization. But at the same time. The boys held their own and uh, made them look stupid. That's the best way to put it.
0: Yeah, they didn't stoop to the level. I mean, after every single Belleville goal, they were, like, taunting and chirping and, like, celebrating. Like, they had just won the Stanley Cup. And it's like, guys, you're down 3-1. You're down 3-2. You're down 3 Okay, now you're up for it. Okay, I get it. But for us to come out there and, like, just to respond the way we did and then, you know, Get the win, get out of there, send them packing. That was what six six losses in a row.
1: that was the, yeah, that was their sixth loss in a row. I made sure to announce that quite loudly at the end of the game.
0: <laughs> I waved at everybody as they left. I was like, like, I don't typically do that, but I was like, i that game was it's probably one of the, my one of my favorite games this year so far. Um, oh, yeah, with everything going on, and this the the actual gameplay was great. Her seats were fantastic, too. so.
1: They were. There was a guy in our section, man, who loved giving it to Belleville. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Respectfully, he never said anything that was offensive. They were good hockey chirps. But, oh, man, he was persistent. And I know he he got a reaction out of a couple of them. It was pretty funny. He started going into Donovan, too. And I was like, oh, we like Donovan. But then Donovan being a little whatever you want to call him uh, towards Berger in there. I don't know what that was and where that comes from. Maybe there's some bad blood from last season there. Who knows? But that was, oh, man. That was fun. Burgie, Burgie with that attitude, Simon doing his thing, and just the rest of the team. That was it was fun. It was the most fun we've had in a while. It's That's five good. in a row for the
0: Griffins. It's five in a row for the Griffins. And, and it's good too for like those two guys, Bergie and Simon. They both they both belong in the NHL. Like we yep. we all are banging the table for it. They both belong there, but they're down here and they they're okay with it. Like they're accepted it, they accept it now. They're having fun. That's good to see. They're getting the boys. The boys are winning. Now, the boys are back. <laughs> like, I'm so excited right idea. now.
1: <laughs> I mean, and shout out to Simon for dropping the gloves there, too. You know, these jerseys were auctioned off for the Griffins Youth Foundation after the game. And that probably added an extra, what, seven, $800 to it. as It almost went for $2,000.
0: <laughs> yeah, it finished at $1,700. That was the most I've seen all year. Oh, just absolutely oh, yeah. crazy. So it was
1: wild. Yeah, good for that. Way to way to add some money to the charity by dropping the gloves there, Simon. Good, good job. But yeah, man, let's uh, let's dissect this game a little bit. We run through what happened, obviously, but let's talk about some some key players there, right? So, we'll start off with him again, Elmer Soderblom. This was again his. This might be his best game as a Griffin. This might be the best game he's ever played in a Griffin's uniform. Again, super aggressive, really smart puck movement. Really just using his size and speed. His speed is back out of nowhere after these last few games. He's got wheels again. I don't know if he got new skates for Christmas and he finally broke him in or what, dude. Like, this is this is an Elmer I haven't seen since we saw him go to Detroit and do really, really well there. I mean, if you look at it, he was already bumped up. He got bumped up the lines on Friday night when Aston Reese left the game really with an injury but was back. So he was playing, you know, with Casper and Berge, and he definitely took advantage of that in his situation. But you know, he's still back on the third line. He's playing well. And I'm just really excited to see what unfolds for him. A lot of us kind of wrote him off there towards for the last few weeks. We're kind of like, maybe this is, you know, a guy we don't see has a place anymore. But if he's playing like this, he's got a place.
0: Yeah, I think he got an Eiserman bump over the weekend. You know, I think I think Stevie had a had a one on one with him and said, you know, this is what we kind of need from you. You need to step it up. That's just speculation. I have no idea, but <laughs> Because I mean this was a whole different Elmer for this these two weeks. This is the Elmer that we saw in Detroit last year. So I mean it was over these two games, like he really put in the work and he was really playing. I mean, the compete with the compete was there. <laughs> like which it was has been seriously <laughs> there. Which has been lacking. So and we need Elmer. Like if we can get him going, if he could finish the season with 10, 20 goals, I mean, that's fantastic for him. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I forget who this is the lead right now. Fifteen for Bergie for goals. Yeah, he's got thirteen.
1: Berge's he's at, at 13. thirteen. He's leading the team in goals, so catching up to him is possible.
0: Yeah, I'm I mean at five.
1: Let Let me put it like this: If Elmer can, if Elmer can get to thirty five points this season, he's at seventeen currently. Thirty to thirty five points, I'm thrilled with how that season ends.
0: Well, he's on pace for that now. We're half. We're a
1: little over the halfway part. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if he can stay on pace, that's that would be nice. We need him
0: higher. Come on, Brandon, go higher.
1: <laughs> uh, I want to see him hit that pace right there, and anything on top of that is a bonus. And but see, I want to see him hit that pace, but also not look like Bambi on skates, which he didn't this weekend. He looked like Elmer on skates. If it looks like Bambi on skates, there's a problem. Do you think that's when he's bad? <laughs> yeah. But outside of him, though, we could talk about Bergie again. Another three-point night. Do we really need to talk more about Janet Berger? And, like he belongs in the NHL. We're we're fully on that bandwagon here. He just needs to keep doing what he's doing, and he's gonna find that spot there. And like we said, it really feels like he he I feel he knows something we don't know. He knows something about what the plan is and Again, if he can play like this and really become a consistent player like this, he's a, he's a consistent second or third line in Detroit automatically. And look what he's done to the second line. Like look what, look what he's done since he's been back down to the second line in Grand Rapids. Everybody around him has gotten better. Marco Casper has hit a stride since he's gone down there. Like Everybody that he plays with is better right now. I can't say that the third guy they play with because it's rotated so much with injury lately. But he, he immediately went in and he's made Marco Casper a better player. And Marco Casper's learning more and more from him. And, yes, Marco Casper had zero points across the board in this game. Again, this is Friday night, but nothing to show for on the stat sheet here. Six shots on goal. I mean, the kid's He's got trying. confidence right now. He's trying. He hit, a, he hit a lot of posts, a lot of posts that night. Him and Cross Hannes, uh, found the post quite a bit in this game, unfortunately. Uh, Belleville's lucky the post was on their side. Let's just say that. I mean, yeah, another guy that played well that night, Albert Johansson, outside of this sick goal that he had. I mean, he wasn't the ice for one goal against. It was the power play goal that Crookshake scored to get their scoring started. But outside of that, man, just really defensively sound, played a really rough and tough game. I feel like I saw a couple big hits from him. And just again, he's always in the right place at the right time. It. I don't understand how he does it. His hockey sense is getting better and better as weeks go by. And... You know, we all know Simon Evanson belongs in the NHL too, but we really hope there's some move at the deadline to get Albert his at least his nine games this year. Like, this kid deserves that opportunity and that shot. I 100% am for that now.
0: Do you, so, question then. So, if the Wings, the Wings are, I heard today that they have to be at like 92 points to make the playoffs. Do you want to put a rookie like Albert Johansson in the NHL when we're that, and we're going to be, we're gonna finish with ninety one or projected to finish with ninety-one points. Do you want to put a rookie defenseman and mess up the chemistry that this team has had?
1: Yep, hundred percent
0: To give him the nine game to get him. percent
1: yep, Because he's not going to do worse than anybody that's up there. He's not a liability to anything that's up there. Is he going to go up there and play top line minutes like he's playing down here? No. I want to see him on that third pairing even.
0: You want to risk put him with a ghost, season, a playoff spot?
1: Calling up Albert Johansson won't cost us a playoff, playoff spot. Calling up it's, Simon Edmondson wouldn't cost us a playoff spot. Calling up Berger's not going to cost us a playoff spot.
0: For either team? No. It's so close. It's coming right down to the wire. Like the, re- the rest of the season, it, it's coming down to a point.
1: You don't play Albert Johansson this year in the NHL. He's gone. I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm just I'm saying it. He's gone. This is your make or break year for him. Give him a give him a sniff so he sees what's there to work for, or he's gone.
0: Do you want to burn that prospect? No, I I like Albert. I want him here. All right. So then he's but gotta I, get I, some
1: games in. It's just that's just what it is. It is what it is at this point. They have to. The more we've since so we've said that the first time, the more I look at it and I go, Yeah, a hundred percent. And again, he's not going to go in there and do anything worse than any that anyone is doing right now. That's the beauty of having the same system across the board. Finally, is he can right. show up there and not be confused. I mean, who taught Was that Luff that talked about that during the event? Yeah. yeah, you know, he talked about you know having that cohesiveness between the groups. Now it's really plug and play, and the guys don't ever feel out of place when they show up there. Sure, his first shift might be shaky because God, it's his first shift in the NHL. But there's no way you can look me in the eyes and tell me that. Johansson going up there Petri being scratched for a night is going to hurt the Detroit Red Wings.
0: I, I would like to stick... I'm a big guy of, like, if it's working, it's working. Don't mess with it. Just keep it going. Keep the train running. Don't change tracks. Don't change tires. Let it go. The chemistry's there. The team's gelling. Don't need to... Like, if a line's working, there's no need to switch it. There's no need to fix it. If, so if What
1: happened... When the Red Wings called up Bergen for those few games and he went up there and put up five points and came back and he's been an absolute all-star since he's come back.
0: I mean, Bergie was always an all-star in my heart. But, like, like he's an NHL player. You were ready to ship him off a few months ago. I mean, I'm still ready to ship him off. He just doesn't fit in the timeline. But he is an NHL player. Like Like, I point back to his jersey. But he is an NHL player. But there's no space for him right now. There's no... Unless they unless Detroit the becomes sellers at the deadline. I, I, there's not a spot for them up there this year. Pending injury. Unless like Fabry or somebody like that. Fabry would be the smartest guy to move. To, to, to be I, honest. I hope they do. And then Bernie's is there. Like that. Yeah. That would be the guy. But if they don't move Fabry, then I don't see them or Bernie. I don't see that.
1: We are at a fortunate time as an organization where. If somebody goes down at almost any level except the top pairings, we're fi- we're fine. Yeah, we're fine. We have depth. But at the same time, there's a lot of risk that we're playing with here. on losing a couple. Again, Albert is an N- Albert is borderline NHL ready.
0: Yeah, I would say that. I agree with you.
1: He's gonna he's gonna demand a trade.
0: I listened to Daniela Bruce and Locked On this morning, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not trying to change the chemistry. We're not trying to change the gelling system. We want to keep everybody." Yeah, like- you're
1: not gonna you're not going to get anything out of someone who works directly for the team. I specifically loved the conversation I had with the wing wheel boys at the end of this. Cause like when they were talking about, you know, where they used to get their information and stuff like that, how they said they lost some sources. They go, what do you think you're going to get something good out of the red and white authority and Daniela and them? No, they're a team driven podcast. You're not going to hear anything out of the ordinary. from them. They're not right. going to tell you anything. They're going to tell you to stick with the script. And that's what we're going to do. This is the exact conversation we had before you even listened to that episode. That's the funniest part is that what we were already talking about like how the team is going to continue to tell people that we're going to stay on track and do this and this, and we're not going to change anything.
0: No, the but, guys were agreeing with that. Like they shouldn't change. They shouldn't move anybody. If they're in a spot, they keep that spot. So that's why I'm like, I, I agree with those guys. Like, that's why I'm having a disagreement with you. Cause like, I, I'm with yeah, them. That's I'm like, fine. keep those guys there. Keep those guys here. I get what they're trying to do and trying to build towards. Like it, it makes complete sense to me. Like if we were in a different spot, like last year, yeah, like where we're selling people. Let's say we have a terrible February. Perfect, ship some guys off, move some guys up. Let's play with the roster. I get that. Let Let's do it at that point. But if the way they're going now, no. The the yeah, we'll talk about that later.
1: I'd rather I'm gonna be honest with you. No, we can talk about it now. It's fine. i would be honest. I would rather make changes now and see what we have and miss the playoffs this year. Do I want to make the playoffs with Jeff Petrie this year to get bounced in the first round and not know what I have waiting and potentially lose it? No. The Wings aren't going to make a deep run. They're not winning the Stanley Cup. I hope Wings fans aren't thinking they're actually going to win the Stanley Cup. I don't think they're going to win the conference. I don't think they're going to win a division. They're going to end up in the playoffs. They'll win one or two games, and they're going to get bounced in the first round. Clip it, save it for later if you want to. That's what's going (laughs) to happen with the Red Wings. They do not have the pieces they need to be as tough as they need to. In a playoff series, can this team can... is going to get run over in a playoff series.
0: Can you teach me on a clip? So I'll save it for later. But uh... got you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll send you the clip <laughs> for you. This Red Wings team will get run over in the playoffs. I'm telling you. See what you got. Because what happens? <laughs> what happens when Albert goes up there or Simon's back up there, and they are so much better? And all of a sudden we have a first. All of a sudden we have a first defensive pairing that's playing shutdown hockey against the toughest minutes in the NHL. And all of a sudden, we have a second line that could be shut down too, and maybe take some pressure off Mo Sider and Jake Wallman. Maybe they'll start delivering on the offensive side of the puck too. Mo Sider needs a break. <laughs> not, it's not only the fact that we're running the risk of pissing off a prospect here, it's we need to know what we have so Mo can get a freaking break. That kid is being run ragged right now. It's like when we ran Huso into the ground last year. And what happened the last month of the season? He was terrible. Yeah, and he's had trouble bouncing back this year. You run the risk to do that to any position. You've got to know what you have in the depth uh, in the depth of your team to understand what kind of run you could actually make. And if you don't think you can make a run, you got to sell a couple pieces. Fabric, you can trade them. If you somehow find a way to unload Petrie's contract, do it. If you somehow find a way to trade Justin Hall, good luck, but do it. You know, <laughs> to the original point. Getting rid of those pieces and replacing them with those two or one even of Simon or Albert is not going to make this current Red Wings team worse. It might not make them better, but it's not going to make them worse. It's going to leave them exactly where they are. It's pretty much plug and play and we keep moving forward. And you have the chance, that small little chance, be just a smidge better, which could make all the difference.
0: See, I think it's important for them both. I think both organizations are trying to shoot for the playoffs, even if they know that, hey, once you're in, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So you saw St. Louis do it last a uh, couple, Not last year. You <laughs> lost a few years there. Uh, a couple years ago, you saw the LA Kings do it as an eighth seed as well. They, they got in. St. Louis was like dead last at Christmas break and got in and won the whole thing. So I think their goal is really just to keep the team together it depends on what this month is and the injuries and for and whatnot, but playoff hockey is important for both oh, cities yeah. Detroit and for Grand Rapids. And if you can get Marco Casper, Amadeus Lombardi, you can get Elmer playoff hockey experience and Albert Johansson in kosa playoff experience in the AHL. I think that is so important, especially if the wings can make the playoffs as well instead of saying let's move everybody and put them up to detroit and let them go like i get i get what you're saying like i, all I asked for was nine games that's <laughs> yeah. all i asked for i didn't ask for the rest of the season he
1: needs to be up there for nine games
0: <laughs> I, yeah there's, but there's I, a difference I don't want that. to i don't want to risk nine games if we're over the limit like we've okay we're in the playoffs maybe we bring them up in the last like four or five games because we've already set we've already clinched i get that like okay give, give them the time you know Give him I that mean, experience. But it right now, it's so close. That's why I'm like, I, I couldn't see him going up. I like, mean, Simon got
1: his nine games in the last year. only missed like three in Grand Rapids because the schedule the way it is. Like, there's ways to do this the right way.
0: Yeah, and I don't know what, I don't have the schedule in front of me. I have both teams and I had a
1: weird. Yeah, there's, issue, there's ways but... to do it the right way. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying. But you say if he doesn't topic,
0: get it? You say if he doesn't get it at all, then like he's gone. I,
1: it puts us at major risk for him to be
0: gone. 100%. Just like we said with Berge. if he doesn't, if
1: he doesn't, if there's not a guaranteed spot in Detroit for Bergy end of this season or beginning of next season, where the plan's there, he's he's gone. Whether he gets traded or not, if he doesn't get traded, he's gone. He's going to request a trade. He wants to play in the NHL. He does not want to play here. Simon doesn't want to play here. But they're playing here and they're doing their job because they know what they have to do. Because if they sit down here and they tank, then they're going to get nowhere and then they're going to end up back home.
0: Yeah,
1: but we got to give him a shot. We got to yeah,
0: know what we've got. We I mean, got I to love, know what we have waiting. I would love to have a Johansson uh, Red Wings jersey. I mean, like, Man, I, 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 be sick. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't have a Grand Rapids one. Well, neither do you, I guess.
1: I have a Toasters one. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, sorry. Oh. We, we, we went way off on of a rant, but I mean, I think that was. No, <laughs> I that's was fine. Fun. That's
1: what people <laughs> want to listen to, right?
0: I think it was (laughs) worthy.
1: You want me to sit here and repeat the same opinion of every other podcast or tell you like, hey, this is what I think should happen.
0: And you can flame
1: me for it all day long if you want. But at the same time, I'll do it. (laughs) Just like me, when I looked at the Lions, I said they're going to win their first playoff game. And they did. And anything at this point is going to happen. I have no hopes for anything else. And I was surprised and treated with way more than I thought I'd ever get this season. Next season, I expect them to win too. Do I expect them to win at all? I don't know. Let's see what they do. It's early that's that the that. thing, is I expect the Red Wings to come in and win a playoff game or two this year. I do not expect them yeah. to get past the first round. They make me eat my words and get past the first round. Perfect. Amazing. We're right on track. Toronto is absolutely trash. And, you know, we move on. <laughs> like, that's just what it is. So, no, I, these kids, there's some special kids on this team that deserve a shot, and I think they need to see what, what's available to them. Because I think you give them that taste and he knows, hey, like, there's you a plan can here, and I could, I could get to this. His playoff production down in Grand Rapids is going to be through the roof. He's going to continue to get better, and I think you're going to see exactly what happened with Berge. You see the last call-up happen, they come back, and they come in and play lights-out hockey. And that's all we want. We want these guys to do that and produce.
0: Yeah, Huso did it too. I mean, he went up, and then he came down, and he played lights-out.
1: <laughs> I mean, again, when you talk about plus minus, right, you always look for an outlier. It's not a great set to look at. Albert Johansson's played 33 games as a defenseman of this Griffins team that's had ups and downs, and he's still a plus 11 on the defensive side, playing second or first line defensive minutes. Yeah. Simon Evanson's yeah. a plus one. <laughs> and Albert Johansson, by the way, is only you know, a nine points short of tying uh, Evanson in points.
0: He's died away. Yeah. That's a lot. And Simon's played three more games. Yeah. Well, and and Albert's game isn't offense. It's it's the shutdown defense. No.
1: And that's what's so. crazy is he's got that much points and he's shutting it down like he is too.
0: Yeah. He's playing well. Shout out to Amisto and
1: Volander, but they're both positive now too.
0: Anyways. I I thought Volander played really well too, and like what we saw in practice, literally translated to the game like that that shot that I think he goes on a little bit of a tear here too. A little podcast bump for you, buddy. <laughs> there you go.
1: You know all of our defensemen, but three of them are in the positive now, plus minus.
0: Uh, do you want me to guess? Yeah, go for it. Shoot, all right. Um, Let me say Brogan Rafferty as a minus? Nope. Uh,
1: He's a uh, plus
0: four. <laughs> uh, Wyatt New Power.
1: Wyatt New Power is a plus seven.
0: We're we're guessing pluses, right?
1: You get no. You're guessing who the minus, three minuses were. <laughs> you're doing bad.
0: Um, it's gotta be Jared McIsaac.
1: And he got one. He's a minus three.
0: Um, Didier is a minus. Minus five. Yep. One more. Yeah. Is this guy? Is this guy on the team currently? He's hurt. I'm trying to think of who's hurt
1: only one defenseman that's hurt
0: i know that's why i'm like having a blank <laughs> let me look at the list
1: he uh has played some games in toledo oh man i'm giving him all the hints here folks i don't know what to tell you dude can you put in the jeopardy music how's yeah, we'll think. be back after this message from our sponsor emil vero there you go <laughs> there you go Everybody Volander, Edmondson, Tumi Rafferty, Newpower, and Johansson are all on the plus side now. That's huge. You know what else is on the plus side too? Our goal differential.
0: Yeah. 118 goals for 114 against. It's not by much, but we're getting we're trending get in the right direction.
1: <laughs> you got that. The Griffins are seven, two, and one in their past ten. Haven't lost a game in regulation in their last six. Boy, it's... do things feel good right now. We're two
0: points away from catching the Texas Stars for second in the division. And they're on a they're on a downward spiral right now, which is weird.
1: They are three and seven in their last ten. You know what's even crazier than that though is the Milwaukee Admirals have won ten straight games.
0: I had that idea too. That's it's I wonder what's going on over there. Why are they so good?
1: They're not losing many pieces to call up like they have in the past. I mean, look at you still have Askarov playing NHL level hockey, but he's stuck behind UC Saros.
0: He probably leaves next year if he's not in the NHL. Who do you
1: who do you trade for him? Who do you trade for him? Uh, Ask her off-cosa combo. Here we go.
0: There we go. Um, I think too. Looking at the standings, like I think the Wolves will overtake Rockford. I mean, they're on the the Wolves have been on a heater. Rockford has been on a three game losing streak, so. Um, yeah, was
1: seven and three in the last time.
0: I it been bad. Uh Manitoba's oh. they just finally got back in the wind wind column this weekend too. So it's uh yeah, it's uh, I, I Yeah, they played
1: I, Rockford, I think.
0: Oh geez. Uh, <laughs> that would make sense. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I think it's kind of stays at the top three between us, Texas and Milwaukee. And uh I mean hopefully we can move up and past Texas coming up.
1: Look, it's right where you want to be. You don't want to be in that best of three playing round or whatever the heck they do in this division. Like, you want to be able to just have that playoff spot solidified and know who you're going to play and go from there. So I, I like where we're at. I like where we're trending. And, dude, the the hockey this team is playing right now is just really good hockey. They just got to clean up the start and the second. But, God, if they could play like they play in the third every single minute they play, whoo, dangerous. This
0: is kind of where we projected them in the beginning of the season, right there. there it's is, like, honestly, like a third place. Like not to toot your own horn, but like we had Milwaukee, Texas, one or two. Oh, uh, I think you and I had them different, and then yeah, Grand Rapids right there. So, uh, and we said right around Christmas time, and they're the last since Christmas. They're ten, two, and one. So I mean, it's they're on this crazy streak. Uh, yeah. So here's, what I'll, here's what I'll
1: end this on for you here, because there's one more player I want to talk about from the game, but we went off on a quite a big tangent here. And I said this to you at the game, and you disagreed with me, so this could go on another tangent, too. Nice. But as we know, Sebastian Kosa came into this game in the third period and played absolutely lights out, right? 11 shots faced, and 11 saves, shut out in the third period, continues to play extremely well. We anticipated we would have seen him Friday or Saturday, but obviously so screwed that all up. But, you know, in his past few games, Kosa's on the streak of letting in maybe only one goal a game except for that one outlier game, I believe, against Rockford. So has Kosa overtaken, in your eyes, because Dan Watson won't tell us, <laughs> he won't say that he's even going to make a decision on this. He might just let him be, play balance. But has Sebastian Kosa solidified his spot in the start as the starter in Grand Rapids, in your eyes?
0: I think that... The rest of the season, they're going to rotate like they did, like Waddy did last year with Latham and Kosa. I think that's what he's going to do. I think yep. uh, Goldie has a bad night every once in a while. I think Hutch just had a shaky night right from the start. Um, I don't this, know if it
1: was not his first one lately, though. He's been shaky quite a bit.
0: As, oh, he's been I shaky quite
1: a bit. Now, remember Hutch's numbers here. So hold on, twenty games played, two point eight nine goals against a dot save percentage, Kosa. 2.75 goals against. He's gotten that number down quickly over the last few weeks, and a .907 save percentage, which he has pumped up a lot over the last few weeks here. So we know, like we said, why not going to make that decision. He'll probably like he probably split them, no matter what happens here. But if you, if you walked into the room and you had to sit there and go, all right, this is my starter for the every night, you have to choose one. Who are you
0: picking? For next season, or for like the rest of the season, you the can't, of... you can't, you can't say
1: they're gonna go alternate. You have to walk in and make that decision tonight. You have to say it. you're going, you're getting the prime, the majority of the starts the rest of the season. Who is it? Well, that's not fair, Brandon,
0: because you know me, I'm all about balance. So I know, that's why
1: I gave you the tough question. <laughs>
0: I mean, I think it's just like what Dan Campbell does with his running backs as he makes them split carries, and they were the two most dynamic running backs with 10 touchdowns and 1,000 yards. So I like that aspect of keeping them fresh and keeping these two goalies fresh. Now, if I, if I had a gun to my head, like you currently have to be right now, I mean, yeah. I would have to pick... <laughs> Please send help. Uh, <laughs> is uh, Sebastian Cosa. I mean, based off of his recent play... I, when we were at the wing wheel pot, like the event, Dan said, he goes, somebody has to, he, he said right now he's going to keep rotating them back and forth, but he, cause nobody's really like stood out. Like, I, I can't remember how he worded it, but somebody has to like take over that starting role. But I want to know, like, I wanted to ask him a question, like, what is it going to take for somebody to do that? Like, cause coast is, he's getting better each game. Like he's getting on that tear. But even last year at this time, like he he did take over that starting role. they knew he was gonna be moving up to Grand Rapids next year. Yeah. Like long-winded answer, but you gotta go with Kosa. I, I like going with a hot hand. Like that's that's me. But at a point to where you, you could burn them out, you know, you don't wanna you wanna make sure you balance that. So like I'm getting oh, what was the game the other night with Lion? Lion gave up a couple, and I'm like, this is not a good game for him, like. He, oh, and had, then he turns around and gets a
1: shutout.
0: Yeah. Like he needed that game, he needed off, and then he needed to take the shutout game. Like that's it's important to stay fresh and not get to that burnout stage. And that's where I thought that they were kind of leading with, with Lions. So it, yeah. A lot of goalie talks on my hand.
1: It's, you know, but that's a hot <laughs> topic in this organization in reality. I mean, if you think about it, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I agree with Dan's move on that, keeping them rotating, keeping them fresh. And they, like you said, they know pretty far in advance who's playing, except for who's so screwing up everything. Like coast knows he's most likely starting this Friday in Rockford. Like that's like being a goalie where the position is so mental, having that much more knowledge to prep for going into him, that much more tape you can watch on the other team. Like, that's so key. Now, he clearly was ready to come in and play against Belleville. So we know he was gonna play at some point against them because he looked fantastic against them. But I mean he has a few more games like he's playing now. He's knocking on the doors. It's one of the top twenty goalies in the AHL. He's yeah, oh yeah. Only he's this close to catching Wallstead, who's 20th right now, who's having a horrific time since he's come back from the Minnesota Wild, but he's also back with the Minnesota Wild, too. So kind of back and forth, back and forth. He doesn't know what's going on. That organization's a dumpster fire, too. It's okay. But you know, his numbers aren't far off from some of the top guys in the league, and that's what we got to keep an eye out here for. And my favorite part of all this is the Cosa Hate is a lot quieter than it was two months ago. And what this kid's been able to do and figure out, and he did the same thing in Toledo. This is right around the same time he went 10 in a row down there. Like, he knows what he's doing, and the, the growth in the game that he plays is so noticeable. And for a kid that's this young to be able to still grow that much in his skill, just shows you the potential he truly does have. Like, I'm a full believer. At some point, he he's going to be taking over that net in Detroit. We just don't know when.
0: Probably in five years. Three, Maybe less. three and a half, four.
1: Yeah, three and a half, four. Be it's a backup so in Detroit,
0: probably the next year and a half too. At this point, I'm not going to agree. I'm not going to comment
1: on that. Uh, no, three. <laughs> like we said, we said, we've, said, we've said before, we'll say it again. Three years. Three years is our expectation. So this season plus two more.
0: Yeah, it's so hard to win in the league. It's so hard, and to win ten in a row, that's that's amazing. Um, I don't know. What, yeah. He's on a he's on a crazy win streak right now too, though. Uh, but like the beginning of the season. I think it's going to be important to see what he does from, I would judge him from Christmas on because those first three months was just a horrendous play from the Griffins. Like they were trying to gel. They were trying to figure it out. They had injuries. They had call-ups up to Detroit with Berge going up and down, Sarna going up and down. The team is very different with these guys. Um, So, I mean, they're trying to learn the system. They're trying to learn the coaches. They're trying to, they're trying to figure themselves out as a team because it's so much turnover too. So, I, I hate to see the stats on Cosa because a lot of those goals, like they were giving up 40 shots. Their first two games, they, were, they gave up 40 shots. So you're going to get a score out of it in the first 40 shots. So, I mean, like they let him, there was a lot of high scoring goal or games in those first couple months too. So now they've kind of really settled down. They're, they're playing better. They're playing better in front of him. He's tracking the puck way better uh, than he was in the beginning of the season too. And I mean, he's he's learning the mental game. That that's the hardest part. So I did like that that extra tidbit that uh that Dan gave us is that the goalies already know who's playing what games like the week prior. So um, it gives them time to to stay fresh, to stay to stay on it. Um, I had something. I I lost it. I literally lost it
1: sorry (laughs) you're you're okay you're okay yeah no you hit the nail right in the head you know you remove those first that first month and a half of stats right there and i mean if you wanted to sit there and do the math i don't know what it would be but Kosa would be in the top 10 in the league at this point
0: i was gonna do it but i lost track of time
1: yeah might be an exclusive episode we'll do that one of those times or a mid-season recap episode we could throw that one out there but that, yeah, I mean the kid's playing well. I wanted to make sure it was noted that he did, you know, after coming into that game, after we got off track there, when he came into that game and played as well as he did in the situation. God, I wish he would have dropped the gloves. Oh man, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would
1: have been. You strange. saw the smile on his face afterwards. He knew. <laughs> he knew. He knew.
0: Oh, oh my man, God. that arena would have lost its freaking mind if he <laughs> we would have <laughs> lost
1: our freaking minds. Are you kidding me?
0: Do you know oh. the last time there was a goalie fight in Van Andel?
1: I don't. It's happened. It's been a long time. I think they were the old logo was on the griffin's chest. I can tell you that for sure.
0: We'll have to ask Tyler.
1: If I had to guess, it's back. It's gonna be back to your IHL. That is. I don't know if it's happened in the AHL yet.
0: You have to shoot him this, message and ask. Or I will. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to ask. He,
1: he, but... If anyone knows, he knows. Um, yeah, man. That's all I have for this week. Anything else from you?
0: Uh, nothing else. Uh, Toledo just finished a terrible weekend too. So it was a well. Let me say this. It was a weak storm this weekend,
1: except for except for Sunday night. We'll it's talk six, more about them on Thursday. We have a whole recap of their their Toledo storm weekend, but uh, uh, Sunday they showed up. Saturday, Friday, Saturday, it was a rough time. I think it was like yeah. nine to one though on Sunday by them. So Jesus. But yeah, we'll we'll have a whole part of our Thursday episode will be devoted to the Toledo walleye. We promise. But outside of that, you have nothing else. That's all we have for this week. Appreciate everyone's patience as this episode was delayed a couple days, but it was worth Hopefully, it was worth your time. I'm sure, there's one argument in here that was definitely worth your time. We'll see how that goes over with everybody. But thank you for tuning in to this wonderful. It's not a Monday episode, it's a Tuesday episode. It's probably a Wednesday episode. Who knows at this point? As you go on about your week, and if you feel a little cold outside, then make sure you head over to everythinghockey.com and grab yourself a sweet hoodie you know their hockey lace hoodies use code west get 10 percent off your order code west 10 percent off we're waiting on ours they're gonna be sick i can't wait to get them outside of that though i think you have some patreon people to thank
0: yes thank you spencer michael alessante and randy i was gonna see randy this weekend too
1: it was we didn't get to see him at the game it was a fun <laughs> time always fun seeing randy but outside of that Thank you the Hockey Podcast Network for being a great host. Thank you for DraftKings for being an amazing sponsor. Thank you to you, sir, for your patience with me today. As you know, when I get sick, I'm just a whiny baby. Uh, thank you to everyone for tuning in. Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you all Thursday.
0: And go Wings, because I think they play – Do they play this week? Tomorrow, Pride Night against Ottawa.
1: Oh, yeah. Go Wings, baby. Oh, boy. Everybody have a good week.
0: Love you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Hockey Town West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeytownWPod and your host Nick at Gr Hockey Guy and Brandon at Brandon Gr Hockey.